Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burgoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. the way we view the whole world 
the way we view ourselves, the way we think of one another, the way we think of our past, our present and our future. And it's the answer that God gives us to the question, where did I come from? David, the psalmist, said to God, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Before anyone else knew you, God knew you. You were God's idea, even before you were your parents' idea. When you know that you were known by God before anyone else, that you were His idea, then regardless of your history, your family tree, whether you even know your birth parents or not, you can know that you are loved unconditionally by God that he has a great purpose for you, a hope and a future, and most importantly, an eternal destiny. So let's go back to the world of Narnia for a moment. Children, I need your help here. Where did everything start in Narnia, and what was the origin of Narnia? Who did Beaver say everything started with? Can any of the children tell me? Yes? Yes? Aslan, yes, Aslan. Who was Aslan? Can anybody tell me who Aslan was? Yes. The sorry? The creator, that's right. The king of Narnia, the great lion, the king of the woods. And he was king because he was the powerful creator of Narnia. He was the son of the emperor beyond the sea. He was so majestic that when you see him, you want to bow down and worship him because he's so amazing, so powerful, so strong. So, given what we know about Aslan in the pretend world of Narnia, I wonder who Aslan might sound like in our world. C.S. Lewis, the author of the Narnia books, this is a picture of C.S. Lewis, he wanted his readers to make that discovery. In one of the Narnia books, Aslan tells Lucy that in your world, that is not the Narnia world, but the other side of the wardrobe in the real world, Aslan said, I have another name. You must learn to know me by that name. An 11-year-old girl wrote to C.S. Lewis, Lewis asking about Aslan's name in our world, in the other world. And he wrote back to this little girl. As to Aslan's others, other names, well, I want you to guess. Has there ever been anyone in this world who arrived at the same time as Father Christmas, said he was the son of the great emperor, or the son of God? who gave himself up for someone else's fault to be jeered at and killed by wicked people, who came to life again, who is sometimes spoken of as a lamb. Can any of the children tell me his name in our world? Yes? Jesus, yes. 
C.S. Lewis said that the whole Narnia series is about Jesus Christ. He also said that children almost always know this, but adults really do. The central character, the lion, Aslan, is a Christ-like figure. Aslan was creator, redeemer, and king in the stories of Narnia. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is creator, redeemer, and king in our world. So let's go back to our big question about origin, where things began. The first book of the Bible tells us about this. Can any of the children tell me what the first book of the Bible is? Call it out if you know. Genesis. Genesis, louder. Can you say it louder? Genesis, that's right. Genesis. And Genesis means beginnings. So Genesis tells us our beginning story. Firstly, we learn that God was there in the beginning. God has always been there. We discover God created the beauty and order of our world out of nothing. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. But the Spirit of God was there, hovering over the surface of the waters. The picture is like a nurturing mother bird hovering protectively over its young. Then by his powerful word, God created the beauty and order of our world. He formed the heaven and the earth, the light, the sky, the sea, the land, and he fills it with the sun, the moon, the stars, vegetation, birds and fish and animals. C.S. Lewis attempted to capture the beauty and joy and love in creation by his Narnia creation story in the book, The Magician's Nephew. Let's hear a little of that story from Esty. It was uncommonly like nothing. It was dark. The air was cold and dry and there was no wind. Silence. In the darkness, Something was happening at last. A voice had begun to sing. It seemed to come from all directions all at once, and its lower notes were deep enough to be the voice of the earth herself. There were no words. There was hardly even a tune. But it was beyond comparison, the most beautiful noise he had ever heard. It was so beautiful, Diggory could hardly bear it. Then, that voice was suddenly joined by a multitude of voices, all singing in harmony with one another. Then, the blackness overhead was suddenly blazing with stars. Next, a moment, thousands points of lights appeared, stars, constellations, and planets. The voice, it rose and rose, and as it swelled to the mightiest and most glorious sound, the sun arose and they saw the singer himself. They forgot everything else. It was a lion, huge, shaggy and bright. He stood facing the risen sun. Aslan's mouth was wide open in song, and as he paced to and fro and sang, 
The valley grew green and with grass and spread out like a pool, up the sides of the hill like a wave, sprinkled with daisies and buttercups. Then the song broke into even wilder celebratory song and had humps in the earth, animals began to appear. Showers of birds flew out of a tree and butterflies fluttered everywhere. And if you want to know what happened next, you'll have to read the story. Thank you, Esti. So the magical world of Narnia came into being by the voice of the powerful, majestic Aslan. The Bible tells us that our amazing world came into being by the powerful word of God Almighty. And then came the climax of God's creation story. Genesis 1, 26 to 27, we read, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, male and female. He created them. God formed man out of the dirt of the ground and breathed the breath of life into the first person. This is a beautiful picture of a self-giving, intimate, unique relationship with powerful God and human beings. Humans are made in God's image and given life by his breath, created as spiritual beings to enjoy relationship with God. We are called children of God and given the awesome task of representing God with dominion, rule over all other creation. Wow, how amazing is that? John Lennox, mathematician from Oxford University says, the first lesson that Adam was taught is that he is fundamentally different from all other creatures. All people, every one of us, are made in God's image, which means all human beings have great dignity, that everyone is loved and of great value, which is why the street chaplains go and care for those on the streets. Each and every person has been set by God above the rest of creation. And it's this belief that's given rise to human rights and so many of our laws in our land today. Nothing is equal to the birth and wonder of a human being. Every tiny baby girl and baby boy is created in the image of God and loved by God. But we also learn from our creation story that we are flesh, that we come from the dust of the earth, that we are frail, that we are dependent, and we're in constant need of God to sustain our lives, to enable us to reach our potential. Yes, we are made in God's image, but we are not God. God is the initiator, he's creator of all, he's lord of all, he's the rightful king over everything he's made, including us. 
We don't know everything about the how of creation, but we know God is behind it all. And the only proper response is to acknowledge his rule and worship him. Revelation 4.11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Sadly though, humans from early on and ever since didn't want to live in God's world in dependence on God. Instead, they wanted to run and rule it independently for themselves. Not unlike some children who want to rule over their parents. Sadly, this broke that intimate relationship of dependence on God. And sin came into our beautiful world. How disappointing for God. But God so loved the world that he didn't give up on human beings. And at a time in history, the word, the word that spoke creation into being, entered into our world in human form. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. His name is Jesus, and we celebrate his coming every Christmas. This is a supernatural action of God of unfathomable significance. God becoming flesh in Jesus tells us that human beings are so unique, so created that God himself could become one of us. What a confirmation of the special nature of humanity. If God can do this, why is it so difficult to believe that the human race began with direct supernatural intervention from God? Many say this is impossible, but no one nor science can rule out the direct intervention of God at creation any more than they can when Jesus came into the world, or when he rose from the dead, or when he ascended back to heaven. Jesus came into the world to reclaim us as his new creation, born again by his spirit, when we acknowledge that he is Lord, that he is God. Just as the Spirit of God hovered over the dark waters, so the Spirit of God hovers lovingly over the darkful, sinf dark sinful hearts of human beings, preparing them for the redeeming work, word of God that will make them alive, that will make them new creations in Christ when we accept him as Lord and Saviour. In Narnia, it all started with a powerful, majestic, loving and kind lion as man. In our world, it all started with the all-powerful, majestic creator God, made known to us in Jesus. He is the lion of Judah, the lamb that was slain, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he has created each and every one of us. There are no accidents. Amen. He is so kind. He loves his cre creation with an everlasting love. We are of infinite value and so precious in his sight. So precious that he died for us. And
And now I'm going to finish with Psalm 95. For the Lord is a great God, the great King of all gods. He controls the formation of the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. All are his. Come kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. We are his sheep, and he is our shepherd. Oh, that you would hear him calling you today and come to him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Children, will you join us as we pray together? Lord Almighty, we thank you that you so love us, that you created us, that we are the work of your hands, as is the whole world. Thank you that you loved us enough to die for us. Thank you that you have a hope and a future for every person here, for everyone in the world. Thank you that more importantly than us knowing you, you know us, you know every detail about us. And whatever we know about ourselves, you love us intimately. Lord, we just want to worship you. We want to give you thanks. We want to bow before you. And we want to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And we give our lives to you. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.